2: made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection convenient installation options and their great selection of best tires like the highly consumer rated general grabber atx but did you know they sell other automotive products wheels brakes suspension just to name a few go to tire slash colin tire the way tire buying should be Turn first round picks like Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, JJ McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. Visit PaniniAmerica.net today. Colin Coward podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. There's a lot of reasons. It's America's number one sportsbook, incredibly easy to use, super safe, totally secure, super fast payouts in as quick as two hours. You're not going to get that anywhere. Also, same game parlay bets, live betting. It's the best. Hey, if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I did it in 15 seconds. Get started now. Sign up. Please use the promo code Colin so they know we sent you. Please use the promo code Colin, C O L I N. FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Prime Cuts, the best of the Colin Coward podcast. Let me just say this. It's a good week. This is a really good Prime Cuts, okay? This is like, if you go to a steakhouse, this would be the best steak. This would be like a $70 filet. But first, my top takes of the week. College basketball is my first thought today as Michigan and Wisconsin squared off in a Big Ten game on Sunday. Now, by this time, you've seen the video of the coaches getting into it and the players uh, after that getting into it. You know, I would start with this. There are levels, obviously, to bad behavior. So both Greg Gard, the Wisconsin coach, and Jawan Howard, the Michigan coach, I think should be suspended for their immature, juvenile boorish behavior after the game as they got into each other's face. It appeared both people touched each other. I don't care who did it first. It's bad behavior. You're paid seven figures a year to be the adults in the room. But of the levels of bad behavior, which included Michigan and Wisconsin players getting into like a fight afterwards, which has been under-discussed, Throwing a punch by Jawan Howard at a Wisconsin assistant is the worst behavior of all the really boorish, churlish behaviors. I don't think he should be fired, but this all comes down to ego. I went to social media. How many how many guys said this? Hey, man, you touched me. It's game on. Well, no, it's not. You have to walk away from that stuff if you're a grown-up that wants to make five, six, seven million a year coaching basketball at the highest levels representing universities. It can't be about your ego. All the time in life, politicians, sportscasters, basketball coaches, public figures have to walk away from schmucks and jerks and instigators. Okay? Both coaches need to grow up. But throwing a punch is the worst action Of all the actions so therefore that's the one I would penalize and punish the most some people said well Colin in the 80s Bobby Knight did this and that listen I'll never defend Bobby Knight he's my least favorite coach in the history of my career but in the 80s we smoked on airplanes let's not take the behavior that was accepted in the 80s and say in 2022 it's all good Bobby Knight would not last today Bobby Knight should not have lasted in the 90s. It's embarrassing. And Ian O'Connor writes about some of these instances. It's embarrassing that people defended him and did for two and three decades. But it's 2022. Joan Howard knows better. And Greg Gard knows better. Both the guys need to grow up. Something else that happened over the weekend. Rich Orenberger, former NFL player, a radio host in San Diego, and a frequent guest on my show, the very popular herd. I'm sure you've seen it. Most of America has. Anywho, he came out and said with absolute conviction, and he's got connections all over the league, that uh, Brady and Arians' relationship soured. My first takeaway is, yeah. I mean, you tell me the superstar in American sports that likes being shouted out and ripped by his coach regularly. I never liked when Arians did that. He has a right to. He's the head coach. But Bruce can be very loose in his coaching, in his style. And I thought ripping Brady repeatedly, publicly, was poor form. Tom's a good guy, but he's got an ego. He's the best player in the history of the most popular domestic league. I'd use discretion when ripping him publicly. So when I hear these stories by Rich Orenberger, I absolutely believe them. I think Tom is retired for good, but I do think. Some of the suggestions that he would consider the 49ers if they called are real. From there, favorite team, total respect for Kyle Shanahan. They're built to win now. They're very run-centric. They're built for an older quarterback. He doesn't have to throw 45 times. Kyle Shanahan would prefer he throws 27 times. Now, the division's tough. It'd be another system he has to learn. And Shanahan's system is usually better for all quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, in the second year. But I think he'd consider it. He'd have a glass of wine with Giselle and they discuss it in their Costa Rica village they own. Maybe an island for all I know. Who knows? But it's worth discussing. When I retire, somebody may come and make me an offer and I'm 70 years old. And then maybe an offer I go, I'll consider it. But I think Tom is a person that what he says he believes and what he says he usually does. And I do think he's got a fairly broad life kids, wife, businesses. He'll stay retired. But the Niners offer would be worth a glass of vino with your wife to discuss. So I put this story third because I don't want to feel desperate. I do have to talk about the Aaron Rodgers Instagram rambling. Listen. After the Super Bowl, there's about a three-week period before we get to NFL free agency. It is a very dry period. Now, the Super Bowl used to be the first week of February. Now, it's the second, which actually shaves a week of despair off for talk show hosts, radio or TV. But there's no question if Aaron Rodgers dropped this in the middle of the regular season on a Monday or a Tuesday, it wouldn't get nearly as much play as it does now. We need content. But I do think it's interesting with Aaron Aaron, increasingly to me, has become high IQ, low EQ guy, emotional quotient. Never married, no kids, short relationships, nearing 40. Bill Simmons and I had talked about this. You get a little weird. You know, it, 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 it's a little Bill Maher. It's a little Keith Oberman. Never married, no kids, not sure if you have pets, not necessarily steady relationships. You kind of do what you want to do. I mean, Aaron Rodgers goes for a 12-day cleanse. If I called my wife and say, "Hey, I'm going to leave the kids and all the animals in the house to you for 12 days. I'm going to go cleanse." Yeah, she'd say, "Go cleanse at your nearest attorney's office." It's a different life for Aaron Rodgers than a Brady or a Peyton Manning. And when I read that IG post, I I kind of laughed. I thought (laughs) it almost read like something from The Onion. The idea of Peyton Manning or Drew Brees or Tom Brady with big families dropping that um, the 12-day cleanse—it just it it's it's really hard to relate to. And I've always taken incredible pride at both the ESPN and Fox and at iHeartRadio to be self-contained as a host. I don't need management. I really don't. I couldn't tell you the last time I met with Fox management. Uh, I I told them when I came over, I said, you know, I don't, I don't really need a boss. If you're mad at me once a year, come yell at me. But the show I know how to do a show. I've been doing it for 20 years. And I take great pride in that. And because of that, I have very little patience for high maintenance people because I've always taken great pride in being resilient and low maintenance. When I, when I look at Aaron Rodgers and this constant drama and this need to publicize things and manipulate things, uh, I just think he would wear me out. I think as a coach, he would wear me out. I think as a general manager, he could wear me out. And that's why I don't necessarily feel the way that many do about Aaron. I would not give up five first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers. There is no proof that Aaron Rodgers plays his best football in the postseason. There's proof Brady does. There's proof Matt Stafford in fourth quarters plays his best football. There is no proof. In the playoffs, even at home, as a favorite, that Aaron Rodgers plays his best football in those games. Um, I would actually, because I do think Russell Wilson adds a leadership dimension and a mobility dimension that Aaron doesn't offer, I would give up more for Russell Wilson. I also think he's closer to his prime, I think he's still in it. So I just, I kind of look at the Aaron Rodgers IG. And I think you just have to bake in a lot of things. We talk about Tom Brady's age. How much would you give up for Tom Brady, a first-round pick? I probably wouldn't give up much more due to his age. Um, Because of his recklessness, how much would you give up for Carson Wentz? Now, we know you'd give up almost everything for Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, or Patrick Mahomes. But I, I look at right now with Aaron Rodgers, between the drama and the maintenance and his postseason struggles, I don't think he's a – Four five, six first second round pick guy anymore, I think if I was denver i would I would really like to have him, and i'd give up I'd give up a couple of number ones, but that's about it. I think there are there are some emotional quotient issues with Aaron that he can be very taxing on a staff, very taxing on the front office, and I think you have to bake that in I mean, listen, if we're gonna discount Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been to more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers has in the last three years. If we're going to discount him because of injuries or Wentz because of recklessness, despite having 27 TDs and seven picks with a bad receiving core, I think you have to take some points off Aaron's value based on this constant drama, walking on eggshells and neediness that is really part of a nearly 40-year-old guy who remains single. College basketball championship season is approaching, and there's no better place to get in on the action than the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's where I bet new customers place their first college basketball bet risk free up to a thousand bucks. Bet college basketball any way you like. I like the same game parlays. You can also jump into action with live betting. Same game parlays are great. Bet a little, five, ten bucks, win a lot. Or bet with big promotions like odds boosts. Those are fun. When you win, FanDuel's going to pay you little as two hours. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Sign up promo code Colin to get your first bet risk-free up to 1,000 bucks. That's promo code Colin. That's me. Make the college basketball championships mean more on FanDuel Sportsbook. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana N Y or text H O P E N Y 467369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline one tennessee Visit one 80 in West Virginia. You put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on and off road adventure.
0: For complete terms.
3: Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs?
4: I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't.
2: All right. My buddy, Ryan Rosillo, I bring him on the herd all the time. I'd never uh, yet bring him on a podcast because mostly because he's busy as shit and I don't want to bother him, but he's great. He's got great access. So how's this for breaking news, Rosillo? So this just came down. I I want you to react to it. Your instant reaction. It's not. Wow. I'm I'm not even ready. I know. I know. This is going to be amazing. Okay. So JJ Reddick went on this morning and talked about Zion and said like, Hey, man, he's a disengaged teammate. Well, he'd know, right? Like, that's access. That's why you pay guys. So Scott Kushner, who covers the Pelicans, comes out on Twitter and says, J.J. Reddick's a Duke guy, a CAA guy, and somebody with a grudge against David Griffin. Here's where it's interesting. He goes, for him to light up Zion as a bad teammate and not invested in the franchise or his career – is the most damning condemnation I can think of short of a current teammate doing it, to which I would say, yeah, that's why you pay him to be an analyst because most athletes or analysts won't use that access. I thought when JJ said it today, I didn't watch it live, but I thought, shit, that is powerful. And I'm a Zion guy. I I thought he was so joyful and fun But I'm going to support J.J. Redick on this. Like, that's why you pay. You and I have complained privately. You pay guys big money. They never give you anything. And they have access you and I sometimes can't get. Right.
4: Yeah. This is one that I, you know, look, I I know you're a subscriber to the Russillo podcast, but I've been on this since last summer. Um, My information had been that Zion was a pretty detached guy. Uh, from the team I mean it, the, I was joking the other day before the all-star break there was one story that said he'd be good to go in two weeks the same day there was another story that said need second surgery maybe out for the season so I'm like okay and as you know there's a difference between when I say hey I'm just talking out loud here I'm thinking out loud like what about this here's how I feel about this and then there are other times where I'll say you know the, the read I get on this so I've done like three Zion videos and I'm with you Colin I love him as a player I loved his joy, his only season at Duke. Remember, he turns his ankle, the weird sneaker thing. And then people are like, why would he go back and play? Like these people that just hate college athletics and maybe hate sports in general, but are just on TV talking about it, which is an entirely different subject. But Zion's like, look, I want to beat North Carolina. I want to maybe win a national championship, go to a Final Four. Like, that's why I came here. Let's go ahead and do that. I'm like, good for him. He actually just wants to play. So we have now, in a very short amount of time, seen a completely different version of him. And based on what JJ says, who knows it better than I do, because... He's, he's connected to it, but also backing up everything that I had heard is that this is becoming untenable and it's not as big of a story because Zion, luckily for him, has drafted behind all the attention on Harden and on Simmons and on the Kyrie stuff. So now that we're starting to learn more about the Zion deal and that's, that JJ would go on first take and light him up. And then CJ McCollum, who is really smart, as you know. And when he said that to Kenny Smith, like, Hey, I didn't even talk to this guy yet. He didn't hold back. He, he wanted us to know that. Yes. So this is, this is a very disappointing story, not only based on Zion's commitment to being a pro athlete but also he how detached he's been from the team and that's where i think this is all starting to build up to something that could get a lot more dramatic this has been let's not bury the headline this is 2021 was a big cowherd year if you were a stock and i were on cnbc and i were analyzing you i'd say look a lot of people said he was at a ceiling there wasn't really much room to growth they kind of reached their market share I go, but you know what? Between Westbrook and Mayfield, we still seem some upside potential in this guy. That's why I'd probably sell you now. I think I'd sell you now based on you maximizing the value of your Baker and Westbrook positions.
2: I don't know. The volume is – we're getting guys like Rosillo on the volume. I think I got some growth here for the next two years. You felt so bad about being right about
4: Baker, which, again, I thought was a little personal at times. That yeah. You then posted a picture of him yeah. at your friend David Slay's restaurant. Yeah. And because he was polite at the restaurant, you felt like, hey, you know, I'm a real straight shooter. <laughs> I've been hard on Baker Mayfield. But he didn't flip tables over at my friend's restaurant. So he's, he's OK in my book. You know what
2: is that I do always think. That. I've got to be fair. Like, I I will admit, I think Aaron Rodgers is incredibly needy. He's just not my kind of guy at all. I mean, I've broken off friendships because guys were high maintenance. Two things I break off a friendship. You're a shitty tipper or you're high maintenance. (laughs) I don't know about his tipping, but he is so high maintenance. By the way, let me segue to you. Let me pivot to you. You got to watch out for this because Uh when you're a good looking guy, you get close to 40 and you've never been married, no kids. Yeah, You know what happens uh. is you start – you have a high IQ. You got to maintain your high EQ because what happens is – I mean, I, I talked about this in the intro. If I went to – This sounds like Vince Vaughn right now. The, the, this, or this is – no, one it reminds
4: me more than Vince Vaughn. This is McConaughey, a director's cut outtake from Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> when he's talking to DiCaprio. So go ahead.
2: If I went to Ann and said, hey, babe, I'm going to take a 12-day cleanse. You got the kids. You got the house. You got the dogs. I'll see you in like two Thursdays. She would she would literally look at me and say, get out, go stay at a hotel. But when you're 40, no kids, it's the Oberman thing. It's I love Bill Maher, but it's like you become the center of your universe. Kids humble you. Relationships humble you. Animals humble you. I'm cleaning shit out of my yard four times a day with my dogs. And so you got to be careful, Rosillo, because your life right now is working out, crushing a podcast and eating steaks. You you got to be careful. It's a
4: fair observation. I would I would admit. Um, you know when when people try to tell me like, hey, kids completely round you out. It's it's not that they make you happy all the time. It's that they bring you to even, right? They bring you to even whether it's their support and the younger age's unconditional love or their hatred for you as they grow older. Yeah. And then it kind of just makes you go, all right, whatever issues I have to deal with, I got to try to get my fourteen year old to stop hating me. Um, I understand these things. I do understand the things without understanding it, which is what I try to explain to people. But then, I don't know, people never want to hear it. They never want to hear from somebody that's older and doesn't have any kids. And then I'll just think like, hey, you do realize there's like 7 billion of us. Like there's a lot of people that have had kids. So yeah, like, you know, see, you're pushing back a little bit. You know, didn't Anne essentially do that to you though? Oh, she broke up with me seven times. I mean, seriously. Yeah, right. No, I'm just mean like, if you said, hey, I'm taking off for a couple of weeks,
2: she kind of moved. Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, Anne was it was it was really funny for two people that were in love. It was we did. We had a lot of conflict. I mean, it was I'm not talking back in the day. I'm not trying to get in your business. No, I'm, sorry, I'm fine I with it. On something. Right. But she just doesn't deal with my, you know, she's not going to deal with anything. Like if I throw stuff at her, she just throws it right back. But see, this is what I need.
4: I need somebody who a, likes me. But not so much they want to see me every day. That's right,
2: because that's what I would need in my life, and that's why I think what you have is perfect, man. So who's your? Uh, I don't want. To, well, I am going to get personal. So are you dating right now? You're not getting this on. No, you're not dating. No. Oh Jesus! So you're no. just out there throwing fastballs and seeing who can catch it. That's dangerous, Jesus. You're just throwing I don't even out. Know what that means? You got thirty pound test line. You got bait on there. You're throwing it out there, and just whatever shark grabs it, you're reeling home. Uh, I don't know if that's. I, I finished
4: a feature script the other day, so I was very excited about that. I'm dating my work, Colin.
2: Oh God, that sounds
4: awful. It really yeah. does. I'm I'm in a relationship with art.
2: Oh good hell, that you, sounded. I was trying to make an Aaron Rodgers. I was going to say. There. So or, let's yeah, let's yeah. let's pivot to that. So here's how I read the Instagram. It was a lot of hearts. It felt like Monday. I, I didn't make it. I I got a couple lines. In. I I couldn't do it. It had an onion feel to it. I was like Aaron. Honestly, stop sipping tequila, like scale back. When you start drinking, you start kind of being, you either get snarky or sweet. He got, I mean, he went off a little bit, right? Like I read it and I was like, this is a Hallmark card, man. This is one of those bad cheesy posters you buy at Hallmark. You know, like wine is good for the soul. Get drunk on it. It's like, no, I just want to get drunk without the soul. I don't need the soul.
4: Yeah, I don't don't want, yeah, I don't want any soul. I just want to, you know, feel a little loose. I'll always, I'm always amazed just in general of the pursuit. I just don't have that in me. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just the efficiency. Maybe it's pursuit of personal what? PER. Where when I'll hear about these people that I'll be like, oh, you know, for a year or so I turned them down. I'm like, fuck. Like if I don't get a text back that has some sort of emotion to it, I'm like, I'm out, you know? So he, he was, he was saying, it's like, you let me chase. You. I still would like to know, like how hard of a sell was it? Uh, multiple MVP starting quarterback in the NFL. I can't imagine it was just like, I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't see it.
2: Yeah, you know,
4: I have. So- are we being too personal about this? I, no. guess I, I don't know.
2: I, I don't want to be unfair here. But. No, I'm not, we're not being unfair. I mean, listen, I just think this started with Aaron's a lot of work. It's like you're not you're not high maintenance at all. Like I'll call you into, Hey, dude, stakes tonight on me. You're like, no, it's on me. Let's do it tomorrow. Literally, we'll talk for a minute. You are the lowest maintenance guy. But, th- but there are things with Aaron. I'm like, and I said this in the, um, the preamble to you. I said, you know, we dock Brady because of his age and Garoppolo because of his health and Wentz because of his risk factor. Ryan, if I'm a general manager, Aaron's a lot of work. He's a lot of work for the staff. He's a lot of work for the front office. I'm not giving up four firsts for him. I think you have to. I mean, I'm serious about this. Like we dock quarterbacks based on age and health. And Aaron, to me, is not as valuable Matt Stafford on the open market. Stafford is like a total adult, low maintenance, great in the fourth. Like, I feel like with Matt, he just does his shit, goes home to his wife and kids, and I don't worry about him. Aaron's gotten to the point where it's like, man, it's a little like Durant. You got to walk on eggshells a lot with him, right? Well,
4: first of all, I'm I'm very pro Durant, even though I think we could talk about any one of our single favorite athletes ever. And if we wanted to make a negative argument about him or an anti-argument, we you know, we do this for a living. I could come up with some stuff, but I just don't even like I've almost made a rule recently. It's like if I like like 90% of yeah, you, I don't want to spend time on pointing out the 10% all the time. You and I have disagreed about Rogers in the past. Uh I think you were harder on him than I was. Um I I think I've I've defended him. Throughout his entire career, I've loved watching him play. You know, he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats as far as his ability. His resume is not going to be close to some of the other top guys. But I started to come to your side of the argument a little bit through this last season because I kept thinking, "Look, if you need to be more specific about what is so bad, that's what you, you said about Jordan. Yeah, yeah, right. Like if you're mad about Jordan Love, I get it." I also think Brady should have been pissed about Garoppolo or the time they took Kevin O'Connell, I think, in the third round. <laughs> do you remember that? Well, he's now a head coach of the Vikings. You don't remember his playing career. It was a total whiff. You're like, why do you have to get cute with this shit? And so I I felt like with Rodgers, I mean, like, you need to convince me that you're basically Matthew Stafford. Like, imagine, like, I'm looking at him going, you guys have a really good roster. No one's ever had a problem with this front office until you've pointed out. They've actually spent in free agency with this new regime, much more than they did with Ted Thompson. And yet they've always put this together. And if I really wanted to get a Roger's case, you start pointing to some of these home playoff losses. And I'm not even going there with it. So I didn't feel like he was convincing enough for me to believe in all the drama, which would then lead towards how high maintenance is this guy? Now, to say, is he worth it? Think about some of these franchises that go easily two decades before they have any answer at the position. If you know you can bring him in, even at his age, he's still worth it. And it actually kind of mirrors your Michael Porter Jr. point that we didn't really finish. I heard stuff. I also heard the most important thing, that he was the biggest medical red flag teams that had seen in 10 plus years. But... No one cares about the tow truck. No one cares about some of his political leaning. No one cares about that stuff if he's healthy and scoring 20 a game. And I'm not saying no one, but you understand in the scheme of what we do in talking sports, if you're productive, those things don't matter as much. And for Rogers, he's still as productive as anyone playing the position, although I agree, like, this is, this has is taken a turn the last year plus where I've thought, how are you this mad when the team
2: has been this good? <sighs> right? Tirerack.com the way tire buying should be.
1: Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
3: Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar
2: Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just 49 dollars Get
4: admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because
2: this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Getting ready to take on spring? All right. This is one of my favorite guys um, that's ever written a column. I think sometimes columnists, not all, but a lot of columnists um, to get it to be a columnist, you have to be a great writer. Uh, But sometimes uh, when a columnist becomes a columnist, they, they forget how good of a reporter they were. And what Ian does, and I think you do this better than any columnist in the country. You're still a dogged reporter and a columnist. So you remember your roots. I'm not done with your book. I have about 30 pages to go. The book is called The Rise and Reign of Mike Shashevsky." It is absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Your level of reporting is insane. I don't even, I, I, as I read it, I'm like, okay, how the hell do you know this stuff? You're going back to <laughs> army games. But here's what's fascinating. We forget, we are so impatient with young people these days. Mike Krzyzewski had a losing record at Army five years into Duke. They were getting sandblasted by ACC teams and they gave him a contract extension. And I think that gets lost in this is that you go back to John Wooden, as you know, Ian, he didn't win big for a long time. But let's go back and discuss that. This book is so fun. It really is. When you bring in the Bob Knight stuff, it is jet fuel to this book. It is just you can't get enough of this but let's go back how the heck did he get that duke job i know because i read it he had a losing record at army and in fact bob knight was a much better coach at army
5: than Shashevsky. it would be easy to go well knight's the great coach you're you're a shadow of knight how why did he get it well knight helped him get it and thanks for the kind words colin but knight was a fairly big advocate of of Mike getting that job at Duke. Now, he was nine and 17 that final season. Tom Butters, the AD at Duke, deserves so much credit for having the you know what to hire him at nine and 17 coming out of Army. Steve Vesendak was an official in the athletic department, former player, and he was an advocate too. He had seen Mike coach at Army and, and was a pretty big believer in him and sort of, hey, you don't know how to pronounce his name, you certainly don't know how to spell it. But the guy's a really good defensive coach. You, Tom, believe in defense. Let's give this guy a chance. And Butters loved him in the interview process. And he just had a hard time pulling the trigger. How am I going to sell this to an ACC fan base? Bill Foster just took us to the national championship game. I'm going to hire a 9-17 and coach at Army nobody's ever heard of. But he did. Those early years were brutal. And the boosters were calling for his head. Fans, students, faculty members wanted him out. He lost, you said ACC opponents. He lost to Wagner at home. Wagner, (laughs) if you go back and look at that Wagner team in the ECAC Metro, I believe they were in, they were terrible in that conference. They were losing to LIU, St. Francis of New York, and they beat Duke at Duke. And that was the point where it really looked like Mike could not survive. Somehow he hung in there. Butters Out of nowhere, gives him a contract extension and the rest is history. He got that recruiting class, Billis, Allery, Dawkins, Henderson, and and really that saved him. Without that recruiting class, he gets fired.
2: Uh, Finally, you have a book I can see behind you, Belichick, which was, again, classic Ian um, (laughs) O'Connor, dogged journalism and reporting. So, I saw a story this weekend, Brady, and, you know, I don't know what to believe on social media. I mean, the the less I read it, the better. Um, But that Brady would consider the 49ers. And I do think there are jobs. I mean, you came back and you're a columnist in New York. Those are prestigious jobs. You didn't need to be a columnist. But there are calls you get in your life and go, that's worth having a glass of wine with my wife and talking about (laughs) Right. And I do think San San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan, it's not an offense that needs Tom to be – he matches Tom's intensity. They're both very smart, very intense. There's a Belichickian feel to it. You know that's important to Tom. Arians Mm -hmm. is too loose. Um, It would be an upgrade over Jimmy G. Maybe Tom's got a little of that. It's his hometown. It was his favorite team. I think he has – it's also an offense that doesn't, Ian, ask the quarterback to carry them. It's really a run-centric offense. Do you think he'd take the call and give
5: it a week or two thought? Not only do I think he'd take the call, Colin, I think he's coming back. I I've, I never thought this was the end of, of Tom Brady as a football player. In fact, when he made his announcement, I don't think he used the word retirement in it. And, and so – Listen, I had a conversation with him on the phone for about 45, 50 minutes, 2017. We were talking about him playing at age 47, 48, never mind 45. But he did set 45 as a goal. He never falls short of his goals. And and he actually did. So I don't think this was planned. I do believe, and I always thought this, that something happened down there that hasn't really fully been detailed yet anyway. I, I never thought he was going to love Bruce Arian's style. The opposite of Belichick with a motto win or lose, we booze. That is not Tom Brady's philosophy on football and life. So I, I think he'll either play for the 49ers after I do think they'll take a year off, but I think he comes back and either plays for the 49ers or Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas. So those would be my two franchises to watch. And I think people will say, you can't take a year off at 45, come back and win a Super Bowl at 46. Well, he's now created yet another challenge for him to conquer by by stepping aside for a year and doing it with yet another franchise so now i'm going to get eight i'm going to be two ahead of michael jordan and i'm going to do it with a third franchise and you're telling me i can't do that at 46 and 47 well guess what i'm going to do it so to be honest with you colin i would be shocked if he doesn't play again
2: <laughs> you just convinced me uh, you've you've literally rocked my world <laughs> I literally,
5: well, you know him better than I do. Well, no, I don't listen. I don't I, I do not. He did not talk to me for the book. I don't have a any sort of personal relationship with well, that was my only one on one with him was was for ESPN.com. dot com and it was about five years ago. And it was long, but uh, I, I do not pretend to know him. But I, I know a lot of his friends and have and talked to them extensively about this and other subjects, about Belichick a lot over the years. And uh, they would be surprised if he doesn't play again. And that Arians relationship I never thought was going to last. It, it was uh, it, it was productive while it did last, obviously. Uh, but he went to a coach who is the exact opposite of Bill Belichick. And and it was a short-term thing. And, And now I think he's ready to try it with a different franchise. And again, get to ring number eight, be two ahead of Jordan, maybe go down as the greatest American team sport athlete ever. Certainly that would enhance his claim.
2: Yeah. I never liked Arians taking repeated shots at Tom publicly. I think you could do it once, twice. Sometimes it sounded personal, a little harsh, I think that's Bruce's authentic personality. But, you know, in in my years of covering athletes, even the gracious ones, you
5: have to use discretion when criticizing them publicly. And Colin, I was at his first game in New Orleans, I believe, and they lost. It first game with Tampa Bay and Arians criticized him after that game in his postgame presser. I couldn't believe it. I remember writing about that. Belichick never would have done that. Bill was tough on Tom at all times in practices and film study and so forth. But criticizing Tom Brady after game, he did that very rarely over two decades. Ian
2: O'Connor, Coach K, the rise and reign of Mike Krzyzewski. Absolute must read. My friend, it was great as always. Thank you so much. Say hi to everybody. His wife, by the way, years ago, I had some speaking engagement at a bookstore And somebody asked me about Ian O'Connor, and I said, I love Ian O'Connor. Oh, he's one of my favorites. (laughs) It was your wife.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I told her to ask that question. So that was me. Great seeing you, man. Hey, thank you. Thanks for doing me a favor, Colin. Appreciate it.
0: complete terms.